Make sure all seats are in the upright position and trays are put away before we take off. KR Media proudly presents Kingdom Rock Radio with your Bible teachers, Pastor Mark A. Stroud. I'm looking to what the Lord Jesus has in his hand for me. And Pastor Suniko Stroud. With God on their side, they were stronger than anybody. Get the latest downloads from our website. You can download today's message as an MP4, MP3, or simply download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile devices from the iTunes Store or Android Market. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. And remember, Jesus is Lord. Today we're going to continue in the series entitled, I'm Saved, Now What? This would be part number three in that series. It is subtitled, Knockoffs. Is your Christianity genuine? Is it the real deal? Or is it a knockoff? Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. So buckle your seatbelts, get ready, because here comes the rich word of God. Well, uh, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark the ninth chapter. I believe we will start here today. Got a little ways to go today. We're going to continue uh, in the subject entitled, I'm saved, now what? I'm saved, now what? This would actually be part number three. And it is subtitled, Knockoffs. Y'all know about knockoffs, don't you? Praise the Lord. Knockoffs. And um, you know what a knockoff is. A knockoff is one uh, is something um, is when is when you is when something looks like it's real, but it's not. Right? It may sound like it's the real thing, but it's not. It may smell like the real thing. It may feel like the real thing. It may act like the real thing, but it's really not. Knockoffs. Uh, the the knockoff uh, is not as durable as the genuine article, right? You can get knockoff purses, knockoff shoes, knockoff just about anything, right? The knockoff, it's cheaper, and it makes you look like you got the real thing, but you actually don't. Knockoffs are really those that are more attractive. Now, I'm not looking at anybody or anything. But those that are primarily attracted to the knockoffs are those that want to have the appearance of having something without really paying the price for having the real deal. Uh, it, in the general scheme of things, knockoffs are for those that want to appear before men to maybe have the... Um, appear before men to have the amount of money. Oh, well, I have this so they want people to see, well, you must be quite affluent. You must be quite wealthy to have this hanging on you or driving this or whatever. You know, you can actually buy car kits. I could actually buy a car kit for my car that will make it look like I was driving a Porsche or BMW. You could actually buy a car kit to make it look, if your car has a similar style or shape of one of the more expensive ones, I could drive it away, take it to the shop, they could put on the kit, come off, and you would swear 
that I had a BMW. You would swear that I had uh, a, a Porsche, one of the newer style Porsche. You would swear it until you got in it. Until you popped the hood. Are you hearing? And in our walk of being saved, in our salvation walk, it is important uh, for us not to have the knockoff Christianity, but to have the real deal. Not to not to want to appear before men to have it, but we want to have the real and genuine article. Because a knockoff Christianity will not abide the fire, will not abide the fire. And Jesus testifies he knows who belongs to him. Knockoff Christianity may get you a pat on the back. Oh, man, you gave all that money. It may give you that temporary satisfaction from people. Oh, you've been fasting all week. Ooh, oh, you must be holy. Oh, you go to church every week. Oh, great. Knockoff Christian appears to look good before people. But when the rubber hits the road, their knockoff Christianity quickly goes the other way. Because it's not the genuine article. And it is my heart and desire, and I know it is the Lord's heart and desire, that we have the real deal now the real christianity will cost you your life it will cost you every single thing that you have the knockoff well you can fake it a couple of days a week are you hearing me knockoff you can you can fake being a christian for a couple hours a week right but the real article will cost you everything that you have all right so our salvation must be secure let me show you this in and uh mark nine let's go to mark nine and really i just want to read uh three verses here and let me give you just a little bit of inkling about what we're talking about about knockoffs mark nine verse 38 when you got that say i got it all right all right now this message again may seem a little bit rudimentary or may seem um a bit easy so to speak or basic but it is a word from the lord nonetheless and you need to hear it hallelujah i find those that are really they say well this is too basic basic for me i i need something else deeper if you skip over the basics of god when god is giving it to you you won't understand the deeper. You won't have an appreciation for the deeper things. Don't despise the basics. Don't despise the small things. Don't despise it trying to look for something else deeper or greater or higher. You better eat what God sets before you. Are you hearing? All right. Mark 9, verse number 38 out of the King James Version. It reads this way. And John answering him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbade him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can likely speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part 
or can be also for us. But listen to what's happening here. Here's someone that um, wants to use the name of Jesus to cast out a devil. Sounds like a great work, doesn't it? They've seen, I'm sure, Jesus casting out devils, maybe seen the Lord's disciples casting out devils and said, well, I want to do the same thing that they are doing. I want to do the same thing. So they obviously have faith in the name of Jesus and they go out and they begin to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Now, they're on that side of the town casting out devils in Jesus' name and Jesus and the disciples are on the other side of town. Now, here's something very strange because this tells us a lot of things. Number one, it tells us that they want the power of Christ, but they don't want to know Christ. They want what Jesus has for whatever reason, either to make themselves look big. Oh, we can do this. They want to do the work of Christ, but they don't want to know him. How odd is that? Are you hearing? They want the benefits, but they don't want to know him. Uh, they want what he can do, but they don't want to know him. They want what his name can provide, but they don't want his message. Jesus is over there preaching, but they're over there doing a work. Why not go and be with him instead of just doing things for him? Are you understanding? Now, let's look a little bit further than that. Let's go to Matthew 7 now. Let's go to uh, Matthew 7. I want you to see this as well. Matthew 7. And we'll start here at verse number 15. Now, here again, it's important for you to make sure that your calling and election is sure. Make sure that you are not uh, carrying a false or knockoff Christianity. We are living in the last days, and I believe that with all of my heart, that if not my generation, then the very next one will begin to see, will see the Lord coming. And as we're living in the last days, the Bible declares that perilous times shall arise and people will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God, and they will, they will hate one another, they will be uh, children, it will be uh, disobedient to parent, and all the signs are here. All these things are here. And you need to make sure that you are in Christ. It won't help us to say before the Lord, Lord, I was a member at first this, or I was a member at Kingdom Rock, or I was a member over this and that. Your membership here on earth won't get you into heaven. It won't get you into heaven. I've heard uh, someone say, I was uh, speaking at a place and I asked a young lady, uh, are you born again? Was she in the, and she said, well, my granddaddy is a preacher. That won't cut it. it your association won't matter. Every tub has to sit on its own bottom. You will have to know Jesus Christ for yourself. You will have to know Jesus for yourself. Because you have an association, your uncle's a pastor, your dad's a pastor, your granddad is a pastor, that makes no difference. You will have to seek God for yourself. Amen. Do you understand what's being said now? Amen. Hallelujah. Death, a burial, is actually a reward for a believer. 
Are you understand? To die is gain. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm there. I'm finally with him. Don't mourn for me. I'm doing a lot better than you if you're still down here. Are you understanding? Amen. All right. But let's look at this. Matthew 7, verse 15. The Lord says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree, uh, rather, even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree beareth, um, or rather, bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. He said, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Now, here we're talking about false prophets. False preachers are those that bring the word of God uh, to people, either, uh, either over the pulpit or individually. They are false. And Jesus said, you will know them by the fruit that they bear. But just for a moment, I don't want you to point your finger over there. I want you to point your finger here. Point your finger to you. Just for a moment, you need to look at the person in the mirror. What type of fruit are you bearing? Jesus said, you will know them. Not only them, you will know them, meaning me, meaning you. You will know you by the fruit that you are producing. Hallelujah. And if we know that we're producing rotten grapes or sour grapes, Now's the time to correct that thing. Hallelujah. Nobody knows you better than you. And of course, the Lord. Are you hearing me? What we do in the dark does matter. Let me say that again. What we do in the dark does matter. It matters just as much as what we do in the light. And you need to examine the type of fruit that you are bearing. Just for a moment, we're not pointing out to the bishops or, or to the prophets and all these other people. God bless them all or to the pastors. Just for a moment, we need to examine who we are. Because neither one of us, none of us knows, uh, none of us truly knows that we will actually rise tomorrow and see another day. So it's incumbent upon us to examine who we are and where we stand right now. Are you hearing I'm not sure who I'm preaching to or who the Lord is is ministering to, but there will come a time when we will all have to give an account uh, for the deeds that are done in our body. And if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, if you have genuine Christianity, you're good. If you've really received him as your Lord and Savior, you're good. You're better than good. Hallelujah. The Lord said, I've got a place prepared for you. But if you have not, then you're going to have an eternal bad day. Are you understanding? And so now is the time to repent. And so the Lord said, you will know them by the fruit that they bear. Look at verse 21. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Look at there. Not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord. That's the knockoff brand, right? Just because we say, Lord Jesus, oh, Lord, you my Lord. Woo! Woo! 
Not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to get in. Do you understand how tragic that is? Now, most of the people that say, Lord, Lord, you find the majority of those on a Sunday morning. You won't find a whole lot of people say, Lord, Lord, sitting up in the bars. Are you hearing me? Knockoffs are better seen around the real thing. Are you hearing? Not everybody says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter to the kingdom of heaven, but those that do the will of my father. Look at verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils? Sound familiar? We just read that, right? And in thy name have cast out devils. Uh, It says, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Now, this knowing is not on Jesus' part because he has his arms extended saying, I want to know you. He stands at the door and he knocks at the door of our hearts saying, let me in, let me in. He wants to know you. He's committed to you. And the cross is a sign of his commitment. So when he says, I never knew you, that's not on his part. He's not saying, I never tried to get to know you. He's saying that that person didn't try to get to know him. And they spent a lifetime ignoring the Savior. They did work. They may have moved a pallet or two. May have cut the grass. May have visited the sick. May have prophesied. May have even preached. Cast out devils. Laid hands on the sick. You did all this work. But you never got to know the Savior. You were over there casting out devils, over there doing some good things, but you never got to know Jesus. How tragic is that? Are you hearing? He says, many will say to me in that day, what day? The day of judgment, the day of judgment when we will all have to give an account. uh, That is when the unsaved will give an account before the Lord about the deeds done. He said, many were saying to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we? Uh, now, that's churchy stuff, right? Prophesying, isn't that churchy stuff? Casting out devils, isn't that churchy stuff? Doing many wonderful works, isn't that churchy stuff? Then the Lord said, well, then will I say, rather, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, let's go to Matthew 13. In Matthew the 13th chapter, won't go into, won't read it all, but in Matthew 13th chapter, the Lord talks about uh, a farmer or, or uh, a farmer, yes, that goes out and sows wheat and tares. Rather, he sows wheat in the garden and his, uh, in his field and, and, and he goes to sleep and he gets up and he, and he sees tares uh, in, or weeds uh, in the garden there and the, the, the field hands ask him, well, didn't you? I thought you had some good seed. He said, where did all these tares come from? Where did all these uh, weeds come from in your garden? He's, and they, the farmer said, well, an enemy have sown this in here. And uh, they ask him, hey, you want us to go and pull up all these weeds so that the, the plants can grow? 
And the farmer said, no, 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 don't do that. And here we are now to verse 30. He said, let both grow together. This is Matthew 13, 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind all those weeds and bind them in bundles to burn them. They go into the fire. He said, but gather the wheat into the barn. Again, the Lord knows the real, the genuine article from the knockoff. There will be a time where the, when the Lord will divide, he'll divide those, uh, he'll divide the, the whole human race, so to speak. He'll divide those that know him and will go into the barns. Those that have not received him as Lord and Savior, they'll be gathered in bundles and burned. That's what your word declares. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. There is only one way to remain in heaven. Now, everybody is going to go to heaven when they die, but not everybody will remain in heaven when they die. The judgment will happen in heavenly places. The judgment seat of Christ will happen in heavenly places. We'll all get to go there, but not everybody's going to stay up there. So they say, well, all roads lead to heaven. Oh, you're right. But not all roads will keep you in heaven. Are you hearing me? All roads will lead you to the one true God. That's true. But not all roads will keep you in favor with the one true God. Are you hearing me? Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Hallelujah. All right. Now, let me give you some other scriptures. You can just uh, jot these down. So the Lord is saying in this moment, in this time, that we need to examine ourselves. Examine the person in the mirror. Examine your walk with him. Examine where you stand with him. This walk is not contingent upon works. God's not saying to you, well, you do a whole lot of good, then I'll like you. No, we already have uh, forgiveness and we already walk in the grace of God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But now at this point, after you have given your life to him, if we have truly given our lives to him, that is, if we have truly been converted, we should begin to, to see good fruit. We should begin to see some good fruit, some good outer workings, because after all, once you give your heart to the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit moves in and we should begin to see the working of the Holy Spirit out and through your life. Now, it's going to take time for the Lord to work out all the crud, get all the crud out and get some good stuff in there. But the longer you stay under the word of God, the longer you stay in his word, the longer you you uh, longer you seek an intimate relationship with him, the longer you pray and talk to him. It could be going up down the road in your car or you're praying in your bathroom. It doesn't matter where you are, but as long as you seek in his face, the longer you stay in the sunlight, the more you change. Are you hearing me? I don't care what shade skin you have. The longer you stay in the sunlight, S-U-N, the more you will change. Hallelujah. The more you stay in his presence, even the S-O-N, you will change. It's impossible to stay in the Lord's presence without a change. Are you hearing? All right. Um, Psalm 26, verse number two, it says, examine. David cries out, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. David says, examine me, examine me, 
Uh, he says also in uh, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, listen to this. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Are you hearing me? The Lord says, a uh, word also says in First uh, Corinthians eleven twenty eight, as we talk about the communion, he says, but let a man examine himself. Amen. Let a man examine himself. Not talking about your neighbor. Examine yourself. Amen. Amen. Examine yourself. This is something we have to do. Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, You've got to do it. In 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye, uh, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates, except you fail the test. You have to examine your own selves. In Philippians, the second chapter uh, verse 12, Philippians 2, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. You can't leave your salvation to your pastor. Amen. Amen. You have to work out your own salvation. Amen. Your pastor can help you. I'm here to help you. Amen. The elders, the deacons, the ministers are here to help you. We're here to help one another. But you have to work out your own salvation. You have to cultivate a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself. And nobody can judge your walk with God or determine how far you are with him. Because the only way that we can truly judge one another are, is seeing external things. And we can all look holy if we want to look holy. We can fake tongues. Shunda, shunda, shunda. He coming, he coming, he coming in the Honda. He coming in the Honda. Oh, he time a bow time, bota, 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 bota. Come in the Chevrolet, come in the Chevrolet. You can fake it. Are you hearing me? You can do a head roll. You can, whoo, you can shake it. Depending on where you go, you can fake it. You can speak Christianese all you want to. You know how to speak the lingo. If you want to appear holy before men, just watch. You can fake it. But you'll be just a knockoff. Just a knockoff. And what would it profit you to gain all their claps, to gain all their approval, and lose your soul? The Lord says, examine yourself. Examine yourself. And you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, let me show you one, one or two more, and then we're going to close out for today. In Matthew 26, you can get this. Matthew 26. Matthew 26. The Lord Jesus Christ, as he walked upon the earth, and still is, but I'm speaking right now in Matthew 26. He's the best pastor that there could ever be. Best teacher there could ever be. 
Best example there could ever be. Bar none. Bar none. The best that I could do is to hopefully be able to tie his shoes. Best that I could ever hope to do is to be a good puppet in his hand. Lord, use me to do your will. Greatest teacher, greatest prophet, greatest everything. But yet and still in the 12, there was a devil. Are you hearing me? And so here's the time of the crucifixion coming, coming close and everything. And the Lord says something in verse 20, verse 21. Now I want you to see the reaction of his disciples. Now, if anybody's close to Jesus, I mean, come on. You know, you and I hope we're hearing. Is that you, Lord? Is that, is that really you? I want to feel you, Jesus. I want to feel you. But here are men, they're sitting there hearing and feeling him. That walk with him, talk with him, slept with him. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying to you? In the physical form there. And the Lord says here in verse, uh, Matthew 26, verse 21. And, and as they uh, did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were all, rather than they were, sorrowful. And listen what they began to do. And began every one of them to say to him, Lord, is it I? Jesus said, one of y'all going to betray me. None of them said, oh, it's probably so-and-so, oh, it's probably, no, they said, Lord, is it me? Seemed like you would know whether you're going to betray the Lord or not, right? Amen. But they understood something that most of us really forget. That under the right circumstances, if the grace of God don't keep you, you'll, let, you'll do something that you know is wrong. Yes. Under the right circumstances, under the right pressure, we're praying that the grace of God keeps us. They said, Lord, is it me? Am I the one that's going to betray you? Is it I? And they were just as honest as honest can be. They got the word. They didn't read a Bible. They got it straight out of his mouth. They weren't trying to have faith that they could touch Jesus. They could reach out and touch him. And if those that could do that said, Lord, is it I? How much more should those of us here say, Lord, is it I? If they had to examine themselves, how much more do you need to examine yourself? Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, a year or two before this time, the disciples never would have thought that Judas would have done that. They never would have thought that Judas would allow the devil to actually enter into him and possess him. Never would have thought that. Lord, is it me? Do I really have you? Am I really your servant? 
Do I really have genuine Christianity? Are you really there? What is my fruit? Am I really saved? Are you hearing? The time for examination is not after you die. The time for the examination is now. And I'm here, here, hear what I'm saying to you now, and we're closing. Hear what I'm saying to you. This examination is the preacher is not exempt from the examination process. Oh my God, I pray that a whole lot of preachers examine themselves. It would keep a lot of us off of Channel 5 News if we just examine ourselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Too many preachers being seen. I've seen preachers slapping folk. Uh, I mean, fights in the church and all this other stuff. So what goes on in the pew is only a shadow of what goes on in the pulpit. Are you hearing? Even in the political arena, people say, well, how about president, president, president? Understand something. People will elect the country elects what's most like them. The president is a representative of the people. You don't elect someone that is not like you. You represent, you elect someone that is like you. Hallelujah. So the president, no matter who he is, no matter what color of his skin, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's a Democrat, Republican, or Republican. It doesn't, I don't, it doesn't matter what it is or who he or she could be. The people, the president is always a reflection of the people. The people elect. And the people always get or vote in what is most like them. Same thing for the pulpit. If you see it in the pulpit, if you've seen it in the, in the news, oh, I didn't do it. I didn't know her. No, picture, oh, that ain't me. That's not me. That's not me. That's only a shadow of what's been going on in the pew. You just see the, you just see the head of the iceberg here. But there's so much more below the surface. So the examination process, I'm saying all that to say this. The examination process must begin with all of us. All of us. No one is exempt from the examination process. If you exempt yourself, if you fail to examine yourself now, you will regret it later. You will regret it later. None of us are exempt. All need to repent before the Lord. All need to repent before the Lord. Are you hearing? Only when you repent... Only when we cry out to God to, uh, to, for holiness and righteousness and truth. Only when our hearts cry out to him. This is when you can be assured. This is when you can be assured. Not if you go buy another Bible. When your hearts hunger and thirst for him. And you're crying out for him and you're saying yes to him. Even though there are some things in your life you know are not right, you know are not good, but you're still crying, you're hungering, and you're thirsting for him, and you want more of him, and you're still, and you're confessing your sins, and you don't have what's called secret sins. Now I'm going to close out. I really am. Really am. I didn't really mean to be up here this long. It is the secret sins that are killing us. It is the things that is done in darkness that are killing us. It is the things that we think we can get away with that are killing us. 
that is robbing us of life. It's robbing us of life. Those secret things. Judas had a secret thing. He liked the money. When the lady came with the alabaster box and, and she poured it on Jesus, he stood up. Hey, lady, what are you what are you doing? We could have taken that and sold it for a whole lot of money. And the Bible says clearly he said that because he carried the bag. He was going to get his little piece of money off of that. That would have helped a couple of folk, but he would have been helped a whole lot. And so after that moment, having that in him, he went on to the high priest and said, how much would you give me for Jesus? 30 pieces of silver. All right, fine. Had that in his heart. I'm going to betray him. Surely Jesus would get out of it. Surely he would. But there was something that was in him. And so the time came, the Lord said, somebody's going to betray me. And Judas, you're the one that's going to betray me. And the devil entered in. Satan himself entered into Judas. What doorway did he use? That unrepented sin. That's the door that he used to get in. The enemy can only hold a person's heart or hold a person's soul if there is something for him to hold on to. There must be something. If a demon comes in and takes someone and possesses someone or oppresses someone, they always have to hold on to something. Jesus said, the prince of the world is coming, but he has nothing in me. He has nothing to hold on in me. Nothing. There's nothing like me. Uh, Jesus said, there's nothing like me in, um, there's nothing like him in me. But for the enemy to come and he remains, there must be something there. Talked to a woman the other day who was having problem with uh, uh, with demons, and I've and lately I've heard a lot of people have been calling me about demon problems. A lot of people, uh, not just a few. I've had people up here praying for them, uh, about three or four young men praying for them, and another lady on the phone, and just people everywhere. I've, I've dealt with a lot of demon stuff here lately. I'm telling you, over the past thirty days, a whole lot of demon stuff. Over just the past 30 days alone. And what I found here again, more than ever, these words I say to you are true. The enemy has to have something in you to hold on to. And usually that thing is something that is done in secret. It is something unrepented. And a lot of these young men, there was a problem with lust. They had to renounce that stuff. Get that stuff out. Now, some can be generational things, but I don't want to get into all of that. Some can be generational things, things that are outside of your control, doors that need to be closed, shut, and covered by the blood of Jesus. But then there are other things that we welcome, we, we bring it in. Just like in the case of Judas, that unrepented sin of greed. Unrepented. And so the enemy comes and he latches hold to that greed and he rides you. You can't ride, really ride a horse without having those reins. And that unrepented sin gives the devil those reins that he needs to control you and to pull you and to influence your life. So the unrepented sin, the secret sin, all that's doing is giving the enemy control over you. It's giving him an inroad to come on the inside. We got to repent before the Lord. We got to ask him to forgive us. We got to confess our sins before him. We got to do it. We got to do it. And the examination doesn't start in the seat. It starts in the pulpit and it goes further. Everyone must examine your own self as you prepare your hearts, as we get our hearts ready to see the Lord.
not just in the sweet by and by, but God's going to do some great things among us today and even in our lives. But we must examine ourselves. I'm saved. Now what? Now what? Examine yourself. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.